Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. And so I, I said to her, my God, Allie, you look like you're hurting. Beautiful. Like, this must be so hard for you, you yes. know? And I'm so sorry to see you hurting and I love you. And I, and I know you're going to get this figured out and you're having a hard time tonight. Let's have a cuddle. And so I just crawled into bed with her and gave her a cuddle. And my God, it changed everything she felt seen, she felt heard, she felt held, she felt um, accepted. Hey girl, imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. Today's guest is a relationship mentor with over 25 years of nursing experience in both public and private healthcare across Canada. After experiencing mental illness and addiction with her own children, she founded Maureen Towns Consulting to help families struggling to care for their, lo their own loved ones. Her work with parents inspires them to rediscover themselves within chaotic and challenging situations. She is the host of the Broken Open podcast and the author of Broken Open, A Mother's Journey to Survive Her Children's Addiction and Mental Illness. So please help me by welcoming Maureen Towns. Hey, Maureen. Hey, thanks so much for the intro and having Absolutely. me on. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm super excited to have you on. So. A couple things that um, when I was doing my research, like doing all of the like the the back end stuff, a couple things that came up is holy moly has this woman gone through so much and her family, and what I loved about your story was you weren't holding anything back. Like it, a lot of times when I work, I don't know if you know, I'm I'm a therapist. A lot yes. of times when I'm 
I'm working with families, they tend to go to this place of, well, this is just a problem. We just got to get rid of it and be done with it. It's causing yeah. a great amount of shame in our family. Like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with my daughter, but like fix her. Mm-hmm. And I'll be here in the waiting room or I'm going to go get my Starbucks. And it's like, oh, hell yeah. no. Hell no. Uh-uh. <laughs> nope. That's not the way this is going to go down. Come into the office, bring your ass in here because we're all going to be best friends at the end of this. You yeah. know, you're going to love me and hate me at the same time. Maybe not yes. best friends, but we're definitely going to be at a whole nother level. <laughs> yes. What I loved about about you was I, I watched your interview with your daughter, Allie, and I also listened to your podcast episode with her. And it's like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If if parents, if, I, I, I actually um, shared it on my Facebook group. If, Thank you. Yeah, of course. If If parents could listen to this, and take a step back from how they want to be perceived as a mom. Yeah. And just really get into it and listen and connect the value they would get from it. Because it's not only, you know, our daughter's struggling. It's not only, you know, our son's struggling. Our family is struggling. We got to be open and honest about it. And um, I, I'm like going on, like, because I think you're a complete no, no, badass. Good, good. But I'm just, yeah, I do, I do. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like a big fan. Um, you don't even know me. But like, it's just like, holy, holy crap. So can you, before I get into all of it, can, can you share with us your story? And I want to highlight, you imagine the perfect life for your child, but mental illness had other plans. So can you start by telling us what all that means and what your background yeah. is. Yeah. So thank you for the compliments about my discussion with Allie. I have to be honest with you about that, though. I um, certainly didn't start out that way. If you'd um, had an interview with us, you know, seven years ago, let's yeah. say, uh, it would have been a different story. I spent a lot of time and energy presenting to professionals just like you and trying to appear very, very sane. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, almost justifying and rationalizing where I was because I was terrified, honestly. I mean, I've, the book's called Broken Open for a reason. I broke open to this way of being. I mean, I, I had to learn the hard way that the, the facade of having it all together and um, the effort that I was putting into trying to manage not only what was going on, but others' perceptions of what was going on in my home uh, was just, it wasn't working. Um, I had to let it go. I had to try something different. And that's the story of Broken Open. It's the story of me breaking open on the backdrop of my kids' mental health and addictions issues. So going into, I would say, the the issues with my kids, I mean, I was a doer. Like, I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to stay busy. I like to manage things. I identified strongly as a strong, problem-solving, you know, fun yeah. Yeah. All around. Uh, you know, I get stuff done. Mm-hmm. I get stuff done, you yeah. know, and that's what I'm about. And I um, always managed, like I managed the family. And so that worked really well until it didn't work. And so when it started not working and signs that it wasn't working was when my second son, I have four kids, all in about a six year period. So they're all pretty close together. Mm-hmm. And um my second son, when he was 18, it was it was becoming undeniable that this kid was changing and that he was not thriving. He was going downhill quite quickly in his last year of high school, and uh, it became apparent the year after he finished high school. So he finished high school in June, and by September, October, it was pretty apparent that he wasn't doing okay. Um I probably wouldn't have said it that way. I would have said he was a pain. I would have said he was uh, disruptive. I would have said he was unmotivated, uh, lazy, you know, and that that's not the way he used to be. Yeah. And so we needed to do something. And so we ended up booting him out of the house, actually, like, uh, you know, some, he just needs some experience in the real world yeah, and how hard it life. is. And then he'll come back and straighten up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, cause, I, cause you know, we thought we tried everything. Um, and then, uh, became apparent that he had a, a substance use issue. I couldn't say addiction, um, substance use problem. 
maybe it, maybe he's addicted to lying. Maybe that's what it is. I yeah. couldn't say drug addict. And anyway, we so we did an intervention. We sent him off to drug treatment, which was a gong show. Uh, we didn't do any work on ourselves, really. Mm-hmm. Um, then he came home from drug treatment, relapsed. And then we started the cycle of him in and out of our home and us feeling defeated, hopeless, kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, devastated, fearful, you know. And then my oldest son had a psychotic break and and my youngest child started self-harming. And um, we, you know, we were, it was all kind of happening at once. You know, we would, uh, I was describing it the other day to someone, we, like, I, I used to be an emergency room nurse. And um, there were times when, you know, I'd be getting ready for bed at 11 p.m. And I'd feel like, I'm being pulled back into the emergency department dealing with a crisis in our home. You know, my son's back on the porch crying, saying, I can't do this anymore. I need your help. My daughter's cutting herself in her room. And, you know, it's it, it's serious. Uh, my other son's having a suicide attempt or, a, you know, using again, even though he has a risk of psychosis and never returning to a normal baseline. Like it was just... Nonstop. It was... It was non-stop and um so I just got more and more frantic and fatigued and scared and would lay in w- awake at night trying to go over like okay so if I okay so this is what's going on and I, you know there my head would go to why is this happening what did I do like how did we screw this up so badly like you know this you know what happened here this can't and then be it would us. go to is this can't be happening. And, and what are we going to do about it? Maybe if I just come at it from this angle or try it from this way, then this, this, then this and happen knowing him. And then I'll go and then we'll do that. And then this will happen. And like, it was just a hamster wheel of stress, I would say. And so this went on for quite a while and we would, you know, we'd take one step forward, three steps back, two steps forward, three steps back, you know, a couple steps forward, we'd have a reprieve. Ah, and then bang, something else would happen. So it just, it was, it was chaotic for years. Um, and so the story is the story of recovery Yeah. Uh, for me, right. In the way that I parented yeah. yes, and, and learning how to look after myself mm-hmm. and, and learning how to separate, like to make the distinction between what's me and what's them. What can I manage? What can't I manage? How do I rebuild a a broken relationship with my kids after so many years of chaos? You know, how do I, what does mothering even look like in the context of this kind of mental health and addictions? How do I regain my sense of freedom that I'm so angry that I feel like I've lost? You know, how do I regain my sense of self when I feel like I've become someone I don't even recognize anymore? You know, I've, I've become someone that's behaving in ways that aren't really in line with my values. I'm getting angry and sarcastic and, oh, yeah, I just felt like I was losing myself ultimately because I was, you know, yeah. and so learning how to be different is, is what the book's about. And, and um, yeah, I've pulled together bits of my own experience, bits of um, leadership development training that I've, I've done. I... Um, and then, uh, and some work on the reco- in the recovery world and 12 step and, yeah. and, and, and I've pulled it all together into this is, this is what I've learned. This is what I wish I'd known. Um, hopefully you can prevent some of the missteps that I took. Yeah. If this is, if this is your story, if you identify with it and, um, yeah, that's what the book is. So there you go. That's my story. <laughs> this book came at a really good time. Um, yeah. right now. Right now, I, you know, our office is getting so many calls on um, self harm, you know, addiction, um, and it's it's you know attempted suicides, um, yes. suicidal kids, you know, thirteen, fourteen years old, you know, my mm-hmm. daughter attempted suicide yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, or my daughter, I found all these marks on her, I don't know what to do. Yeah, um, nobody prepares us for that. Nobody prepares us for this. And I think with motherhood already, there's all, there's, there's already this, this level of expectation, you know, Mm -hmm. to be this PTA status mom and you have to look this way and you have to be this way. And, you know, if your kids, if there's something wrong, if they're jumping on the couches, 
that's obviously your parenting. And, you know, if, <laughs> right, it's totally, yeah. like, totally suck as a not mom. Enough, not enough sports. Right? Not enough sports. Like, I mean, we could Should've go on and on. Yeah. yeah, totally your fault. You suck as a mom. You know, if your kids, you know, um, yeah. are eating unhealthy, like, same thing. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, it's your fault your kids gained weight or it's your fault your kid, you know, isn't performing at their best. And yeah. so we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as parents yes. to do everything, which means going back to what you were saying, having the answers for everything. Yeah. Having the answers for things that we've never experienced, we've Mm -hmm. never prepared for. And one thing I find when parents come in, you know, with their kids who are suffering from addiction, who are suffering from self-harm behavior, it's like, fix this problem. Fix this problem. Nobody in the family can know about it. You know, um, a lot of secrecy, (laughs) a whole hell of a lot of secrecy. Nobody can know about Mm -hmm. it. Um, we don't know what to do, fix her, fix her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, that's where I believe we, we get it all wrong. And the only reason I know this is because of the training that I've had. Mm-hmm. Had I not had the training, I would be in line with them, fix the problem, yeah. make the stop, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I sit with my clients and I'll tell them, you know, I, I can understand, I can understand right now. It's like, what the hell is happening? This can't be us. This yes. can't be us. You yes. know, how did I miss it? How did I not catch it? Why? I did all the, I did all the things. I did all like, the, what? I checked how all of the boxes. Bingo. Yeah. I've checked yeah. all the boxes. How is it that my daughter's cutting in the other room and now I lie, I lie awake at two o'clock in the morning wondering if I should check on her again to see if she's breathing yeah. or if she's hung herself in the room. Yeah. Is she going to hit an artery and bleed out? Like, you know... I'm going to find a bloodbath in there in the morning. Like I was so scared. She was, every time she'd cut, she'd get deeper and deeper. And I was really terrified that she was going to inadvertently, like I, 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 even when I finally got to the point where I I knew that she didn't want to die, you know, this was a coping mechanism for her and oh my God, she's going to hit an artery and die. This is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did all the things like there was no abuse in our home. There was no, nobody got raped. There was no, you know, molestation from the neighbor. There was no, like, why is this happening? Where's the trauma? You know? And so every time I saw uh, something that linked addictions and mental health to trauma, I got quite defensive and quite upset about it because I mean, we'd, we'd really worked hard to create a home that was loving and accepting and, you know, we, we were intelligent people and there was opportunities and there was money and we, you know, we did all the things. And so what was, you know, I was home with the kids most of the time when they were younger, one of us was there and how did we end up here? I mean, I remember jokingly saying to my uh, ex-husband, you know, stupid people raise good kids. What's our deal? Like, yeah. why yeah. isn't this working? Yeah. 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 Totally. And get it. I, I agree with you. Like if, if, they're the problem. So we, when we first sent Ben off to drug treatment, um, which I said was a gong show, which is a disaster. I believe you. I, I hate yeah. to say it, but I'm going to tell you right now, I believe it. And we're going to get into that too. It was a gong show. We chose a bad treatment center. But anyways, that aside, you, you know, it's worth reading about. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny now. But um, I thought if he comes home, just fix him. Just send my, just send my kid back. Yeah. And what I wanted was um, somebody who could function, like send my, send my kid back functional, send my kid back so that he's, um, he'll get an education and or a job, I don't even care which, and learn how to support himself and launch uh, yeah. effectively. Like, I, I don't care. I don't, you know, I don't have dreams of him being a lawyer. That's, you know, I'm not, I'm not fixated on anything like that. I just need a kid who knows, who can look after himself. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> Pretty please. Pretty please. Please. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because that's not where we're heading. And, no. And that's what was terrifying me. I'm going to have this kid on my sofa, um, draining my bank account, exhausting me, wreaking havoc in my home until he's 60. Yeah. So how do you get out of that? How does a parent, how does a parent get out of that? Because you're spot on with coming to the therapist and saying, presenting as well as you can. So you look sane because there, there is that component where you're like, 
I need you to know that I'm not the problem. Yeah. I don't know where the hell this came from. And I'm on board with whatever you're going to tell me to do. And I'm going to be active in this, in this therapeutic process. Right. And then you have therapists. I'm, I'm going to call them out. You have a therapist that can't get their, you know, stick out of their ass that goes yeah. straight to the book versus wait a minute, mom, dad, how are you guys doing? Oh my God. I would have, I would have. I would have loved that question. I ached for that question. Like, How are I, you? This isn't your fault. Oh man. Right? No. Oh my this God, isn't your fault. You that. I'm so grateful to hear that you say those kinds of things to parents. I wanted that so badly because really what I was defending against um, had nothing to do with a therapist. It had to do with me, my yes. own fear that maybe it really was me. Yes. Maybe I really had screwed this up and that maybe there really was something that I should have and could have done differently. And so I was worried about someone else confirming my worst fears, which is that it's me. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted so badly some validation that I was a good mom and that yep. I was working really hard and that I had an atypical kid and that, you know, normal parenting techniques, like just being consistent and having consequences, um, of course, didn't work with these kids. Um, these yeah. aren't kids who respond to that. And no. I want, and so, and, the, and so I, the crazier I felt, the more. I worked at trying to appear sane. And every time I was called into the office, yeah. uh, I felt a little traumatized, I have to say, because I yes. had to give the history, the, the insane history of what was going on in our, you know, have there been any stresses or changes in your home? Are you kidding me? Which day are you, do yeah. you want to talk about? I mean like, so every time I had to recount that stuff, I was embarrassed. Shame. I was ashamed. Mm -hmm. I was watching the therapist acutely for any signs like our the, the confusion, the 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 mm -hmm. look of overwhelm, like all of it. I mm -hmm. was dialed right into, and so it took something out of me uh, mm -hmm. emotionally every time I did it. Mm -hmm. And I had, I dreaded it. Like I dreaded it. I dreaded a trip to the emergency department for going over it one more time. I dreaded every um, intern that we had to face because oh I had to tell the story mm -hmm. again. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the lack of consistency, I mean, we have a great healthcare system in Canada, but it, it's got some problems and there's, and one of the problems is consistency. Um, cause it's a lot of patchwork stuff, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. And so every time we went in, we'd have someone new and away we go again. And oh my gosh, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah. And so how did I get out of that? I think that it was, it was going to a program. Well, first of all, ultimately we, we took our kids to a, a recovery program in which family participation was mandatory. So yes. if you weren't willing, that was, that's a good one. That's so important. I'll do anything. I'll do anything at this point. You want me to cook a turkey? I'll cook a turkey. I got you, want you. Me to clean the toilets. I got it. You know, you want me to show up twice a week for meetings? You got it. Here. And and um, having to do that, go to to family treatment, and then having to meet and to spend time with other parents uh, who've been through the same thing and come out the other side. You know, you're like, oh you start to develop like, okay, 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 okay. I know. Okay. I get it. This isn't working. And you've got someone calling you on your crap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Cause I had a great victim story. Like I, yeah, I was I'll quite do. good at, Oh, let me list the, my list of hardships for you. Because what I want you to do is say, Holy shit, Maureen, you've been through a lot. Wow. Anyone you're doing a remarkable, mm -hmm. you know, that's mm -hmm. what I wanted. So I would list my everything hardships you know? yeah. <laughs> and I would get called on that perspective a little bit. And I think, Oh, I would, it would get point. It would be pointed out to me that there was options in my thinking. There was another way of being that perhaps living with me wasn't very easy. Mm -hmm. uh, and it wasn't. And that was hard to look at. It was hard to look at how, you know, I'd worked so hard to be strong. Um, and it was being perceived as not feeling and terrifying. I worked so hard at 
problem solving and it was perceived as controlling. Yeah. I and intrusive. I worked so hard at holding it all together, you know? And people just and I was somewhat unpredictable. I was erratic because I would try things from this angle and this angle. And some days I'd have the energy for it and some days I'd be exhausted. And it got to the point where, uh, man, I must have been weird to live with because you never knew what you were going to get. Like, you might get me on my game. You might get me really centered and grounded that day. And, and and you know, stuff rolls off my back like a duck. Like, Or you might get me sighing and... Yeah. Did it, you know, Yeah. angry, like you just never knew. And so look, I had to look at that. I had to look at, okay, so what am I like to live with? And, and what does freedom look like? And beautiful. the message that your kids might not be okay. Yeah. And if you're willing to do the work that we're putting in front of you, you're going to be okay. Yeah. No matter what happens to them. I was like, okay, I don't really believe you. Mm-hmm. And that's not, a, and, and I don't want to accept the idea that my kids might not be okay. And, but I really do want freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a long, you know, it was, it didn't happen overnight. It was a long, you know, chiseling away at the hard shell to get in there and convince me um, that it was okay to try something different, despite my fear it was hard to let go. Even when I recognized that my behaviors weren't effective, it was still hard to let them go. Well, because you know, it's I, something that you knew. It was something we, you were familiar with. And yeah. it was something that you, it was, it was, it was trusting the dysfunction. Yeah. Because it showed up. It yeah. showed up on time every day. So you're like, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like at one point there was a story you talk about self-harm. These, I, I so understand, you know, that this is a crisis yes. uh, for people you know, they're, they're forced to sit in discomfort and they, yeah. and we don't, we don't know how to do it no. and we're forced to sit in unpleasant emotion. And so we're frantically trying to find a soothing. A hundred percent. So Especially we're using substances, behaviors, mm-hmm. cutting, um, mental health issues are exacerbated. Uh, dysfunctional relationships are blown up. Like you can't hide from this stuff anymore. No. And we don't know how to handle it. And so I remember with my daughter at one point, my kids were doing, my boys were doing well in recovery at the center. And my daughter did, was not addicted to anything, but she was self-harming and she had uh, borderline. And um, I wanted the treatment center to, I thought they should, they should start a program for self-harm. Yeah. It she, falls under addictions. She's not the only sibling self-harming. So let's go. So I went in there to talk to one of the clinical directors one day about, you know, they need to start a program for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> solve my problem. You need to solve my problem. And um, I had looked at, you know, we, we were running a recovery home. So we were, what the part of the program was that it wasn't inpatient. So the kids would go into treatment during the day and then they would be sent home with parents at night. And so there was a, there was a whole criteria around running a safe recovery home. And it included, you know, an alarm on their door, you know, mattresses on the floor, no blind cords that they can choke themselves on alarms on the windows. Like, and so I thought, well, that's what I'll do for or my daughter, I'll set up a recovery room for her. I'll put a mattress on the floor and alarm her door. And that way, then I'll know that when she goes into her room at night, she's not going to accidentally hit an artery and, and kill herself. Mm-hmm. And I went in and talked to one of the directors there. And I remember saying to her, this is what you need to do. And this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to set up a recovery room for her and then you should run a day program. And she said, yeah, we're not going to do that. And um, what you're describing is not normal and it's no way to live. And you no. need to accept that she may uh, die. And I was, I was like, uh, no, I don't mm-hmm. because it's unacceptable, but it sunk in over the next few days. It started to sink in. I thought, you know, she's right. I do need to accept that I can't control the outcome here because, um, if she wants to chew through her arm, she'll chew through her arm. Like Thank I can you. take razors out of her room and paper clips and all the things. But if she's needing to do this, she's going to do it. 
So it really is out of my control. And I've proven it to myself time and again that I can't manage this. So I really do need to accept that. And so, okay, (sighs) doesn't mean I resign myself. It doesn't mean I don't try. It just means you do all the things. You do all the things, Maureen. You look at what does, what does, like, what are you willing to do? What's reasonable? And then you let go. If your child is struggling with the thoughts of suicide and they need someone to talk to for support, the Lifeline Network is free and available 24-7 across the United States. Call them at one 800 273-8255. If you are seeking a therapist, please contact us to schedule an appointment. We will pair you with the therapist that fits you and your family's needs. You can reach us at 1-888-263-7124. We are serving those that live in California. So Maureen, with that, I, I'm, I, our listeners right now, who have kids who are cutting or struggling with addiction at no time is Marie Maureen giving up on her daughter or her son at no No. time. It might sound like that because this is something completely foreign to you. Mm -hmm. However, this is also part of the process. It has to be part of the process because if not, then the problem stays there. Mm -hmm. The cutting continues. You know why? Because now your daughter's going to look at you thinking I did this to my mom. Yeah, exactly. I need to fix my mom. Mm-hmm. I now I I'm the problem. I'm I I need to be fixed. So I need to change, which only feeds into their distorted thinking. And right. it builds the, up even more. That's right. And the problem isn't the cutting. No, not at all. Not the at problem, all. But that's what I'm fixated on. And the problem is not the using of the drugs and the alcohol. Not but that's at all. what I'm fixated on. Yes. Right? That's what I'm trying to control and what I'm trying to manage. And so to dig a little deeper, the problem is my daughter's got a lot of feelings yes. that she doesn't know how to handle. And I, you, you know, and so do I. And yes. so I need to start to to notice that I start to, I need to start to label those feelings. I need to be honest about them. I need to own them. They're not anybody else's fault. Nobody else needs to fix them. There's nothing wrong with them. I can have them, you know, and, and I need to learn how to validate her feelings. And so so when I learned how to, and this was a, and this is a skill. Yep. But I'm a problem solver, so I never want to do this, right? I I always want to fix the facts of the story, fix the problem, rather than connect to the feeling behind the story. So, but when I learned to, you know, I'd go into her room and this, this, this happens in the book, Uh, you know, I opened her door one night and for some reason I was in a different, I would think I was looking after myself so I could show up as, you know, yeah a whole person and not just be reactive. And so I opened the door and there she was cutting. And I, I just had such empathy and compassion for her struggle rather than frustration and uh, at the behavior. And so I, I said to her, my God, Allie, you look like you're hurting. Beautiful. Like this must be so hard for you, you know? And I'm so sorry to see you hurting and I love you. And I, and I know you're going to get this figured out and you're having a hard time tonight. Let's have a cuddle. And so I just crawled into bed with her and gave her a cuddle and my God, it changed everything. It changed everything. She felt seen. She felt heard. She felt held. She felt um, accepted, accepted, accepted. Right. And, and no, no shame, like the shame mm-hmm. associated with it all. Like it just, oh, the poor little thing. And so, yeah, so I, you know, that was a turning point for us. It was like, man, when I learned how to say, man, I, it must be really tough to be experiencing what you're experiencing and, yeah, and you're the only one that can, can change get it. Mm-hmm. But I, but I'm your mom and I'm here to cheer you on and support you. And absolutely. I see you and I hurt when you hurt, but don't worry about that. It's my feelings. You don't have to fix it. Like I'll handle that. Yeah, Yeah. it's mine. And, and I'm here to support you when you are ready for something different. Yep. That uh, ladies, 
what Maureen just did, golden, a hundred percent golden. I'm, it, it is, it, it, it's golden. It's so hard for us to do. I'm a mom. I'm a mother of three mm-hmm. and my kids, I have an 18 year old, a 14 year old and a 10 year old. And you know, they all drive me crazy in different ways yes. and they're so different. My yeah. Aubrey, my Aubrey's internalizes everything, doesn't mm-hmm. know how to deal with her emotions. Mm-hmm. So although I think I'm doing an amazing job, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm, I'm, yeah. I don't care how many parenting classes I can teach. I don't care how many books, how many degrees I have. I'm going to get it wrong. And I'm okay with saying that. Well, you can't get it right all the time. And, and no. I think, so this is what I concluded as well, is that my, so trauma the trauma, back to the trauma, right? I was yeah. always looking for this trauma. What? Where's the trauma? And when I learned that trauma isn't what happened, it's the um, ineffective processing of the feelings around what happened. Yes. I was like, oh, and my, like I'll, my son came home from, he was in uh, drug treatment again at one point and he came home, he was doing some therapy and he came home and said, mom, I had this revelation today. I was I was remembering this time in grade two where I was, you know, playing baseball at recess and I, I slid into home base and Jimmy, you know, banged my head off home plate. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know that happened. Yeah. I don't, at least I don't remember that story. And if I did know the story, I probably would have been a little bit dismissive and played it down a little bit. Like, cause I know Jimmy, Jimmy's a nice kid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Jimmy didn't mean anything by it. Like I would have. Invalidated. Invalidated. Not purposely. Not purposely. No, no. You know. Uh, very much a here's another perspective, a little bit of suck it up, a little bit of, you know, chin up big guy, tomorrow's another day, you know, but it's all very invalidating. Yeah. And, um, but the message for me, and I, and there was a whole bunch of little things like that that happened that was like, oh, wait a minute. You know, I don't know everything that goes on in my kid's day. And I don't know how it's landing for them. And some of it, can be very traumatizing. And I, I, I can't know all of it. No. So there's, and, and it's so complex, like how all of this stuff plays out, right? Like there's the genetics, there's the, how attuned was I to them as an infant? How stressed was I when they were in utero? You know, what else happened in the home? How distracted was I? Of course we were busy. We had four little kids in six years. We both worked like it was, crazy making. Um, but, and and so how can I, you, you, you can get it right and you still can't prevent slash solve all of that. No. And if you stay there, if you are to stay there, if you are to live by that lie, I'm gonna call it a lie because it's a lie. Mm -hmm. If you are to live by that lie, your kids, your kids will not know how to process this. They will not be, give themselves permission mm-hmm. to process, which turns right. into anxiety, which yeah. turns into depression later on in adulthood. This is why Shame. we have this, right? Yeah. It's all across the board. It is crucial. It is so crucial that we're able to acknowledge that, okay, yeah, as a mom, we're taught, we're, we're, we're conditioned to believe we have to have all the answers and it's okay if we don't. Mm-hmm. And society really endorses that. I mean, we have a society, mummies, mummies should be able to kiss it and make it all better. Yeah. Um, we do have, and I've, I'm guilty of this too. We see something going on with a family and I think, oh, something's going on behind yeah. closed doors, you know? Well, you don't know. And, no. and the idea that good mothers and good parenting equals well-adjusted kids. Yeah. And that's not always true either. No. And so, you know, there's there's a whole lot of shame that goes with and fear of being judged. And it's legit, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. think it's changing. I do. I think people are getting more vocal and, and shining a light on what's going on behind closed doors to, to understand, like, this stuff doesn't discriminate. This stuff happens no. everywhere. And, and it is really complex. And Man, we have such a mother blaming culture. We we just really do. And and if a good mother is selfless and puts her own needs last, that was another thing that was hard to get my head around that I needed to learn how to look after myself so that I could show up grounded, responsive, able to validate. Yeah. You know, cheer my kids on. Yeah. You know, 
motherhood is a limited role. I thought it was an everything role. It's a limited role. And, and we try and do everything. Yeah. And you, you can't, you'll, you'll, you're, you're sinking ship if you're trying. Yes. Yes. And not only that, but you'll lose yourself in that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You'll lose yeah. yourself in that process. Yeah. Um, I have like 50,000 questions to ask you. <laughs> um, so, and I want to make sure I, I respect your time. What do you, above everything, right? Everything that we've just discussed, what do you wish you would have known? Like, what do you wish, like if you can go back, right? Let's say if you can go back to, you know, when, when it was trauma in the ER in your house, right? When everything, your son's, you know, um, suicidal, your other son's contemplating, you know, um, relapse or in, in his addiction, you know, and your daughter's cutting, like when all, when it's just nonstop, what do you wish you would have told yourself? What advice would you have given yourself in that moment? If you could go back in time to that day that it was like shit hit the wall. Overall, I wish I had known that I, I wasn't alone and that I shouldn't try and do it alone. <laughs> yeah. I need to find my people. Yes. Yes. I need to find my people, people who understand this and find what's possible. Yeah. And let them walk with me through the process. Yeah. That's because I felt pretty alone. Yeah. Overwhelmed and alone. And I, I wish I'd figured it out earlier that being a mom and being a case manager are two different things. And I have no business trying to be my kid's therapist or a case manager. No, I'm just the mom. And so what is that? And where do I stop? And they start like, how do I separate that? How do I take a responsibility for my own feelings and let them have theirs? Mm -hmm. You know, so just, I, and I, and I think all of that comes from it, it really, the solution for me started when I met people that got it yeah, and that could show me that there was another way to do it. Yeah. Gently, you know, gently yep. Maureen. Yeah. One day at a time, one step at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This goes for, prof- I want to make sure I add, this goes for professionals too, finding my people. Oh yeah. Right. Making sure you have a therapist that isn't shaming you, you know, or isn't judging you. Making sure you have a therapist that gets it, like completely gets it, you know, is educated, right? Is educated and shop effectively, be a consumer, a responsible consumer of help. Yep. Psychiatrists, treatment programs. Mm -hmm. Um, The program that you were sharing is a, it's a partial hospitalization program. You know, kids go in half day and then the rest, they're able to stay at home, which then they titrate down to an intensive outpatient program. They go a little bit less and then they go to- Well, that might be, yeah, that might be. It wasn't, it wasn't part of the public system here. Really? No. Yeah. We, so we have that here in, here in um, the States. Good. You know, you would go, what it looks like is if your, your child is, um, suicidal threat to themselves mm-hmm. or others, we put them on what's called a 5150 and they go into residential treatment mm-hmm. and they're there, they're there for a couple of days, sometimes a week, depending on their level of severity. Mm-hmm. And then it's recommended that they step down to a partial hospitalization program and mm-hmm. they're there so many days out of the week and they do involve, um, they do involve family, which is mm-hmm. very important. Yes. They do group therapy. I say we. I used to work. I used to work for one. Um, they did. They do group therapy, family therapy. You know, they educate family separate from the, the the teens, and then they bring the family and the teens together in a group, educate them, provide them with support, reassurance, yep. validation, skills, and then they titrate down. And then it's when you go to a therapist and you already have the skills and your therapist reinforces those skills Perfect. and helps you make connections. That's, I mean, there's not like a program that does all of those things, but that's just to educate those that are listening. Those are the steps you want. Um, you want to make sure you're able to go through that process because if you go straight to therapy and you don't have a good therapist, that's well, you shaming. can do, you can chat about stuff forever and you'll never get anywhere. Never I, get anywhere. 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I love what you're saying about the program, you know, the, the reintegration yep. into the parenting role and the family dynamics. You yep. have to, you, you can't take someone out of a system change no. them and put them back in the same system the way that it was and expect Won't them work. to stay changed. Uh, you know, no, we're going to make each other all very sick again. I use the word sick and well, but I, and so, yeah, you have to change the system. You have to educate the family. You have to re like, we had to relearn how to be with our kids without trying to manage them. Yeah. You know, how to look after ourselves when we're scared, instead of trying to look after them when we're scared, like we had Ding to, down. You know, yes. we had to learn all that. And so I love that you describe that as part of your um, system in the States. The The program here was called the uh, Alberta Adolescent Recovery Center. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in Alberta, Canada, and um, it's pretty unique here. Um, I think there's lots of probably outpatient programs, but nothing that was this intensive or this long. This was about almost a year. Oh, wow. That's great. That um, is great. We needed it. Our family yeah. was off the rails. And so, yeah, we really needed that kind of support and help. So it was, but I love what you're saying. You, you have to support the family, yeah. the family, the needs you, you need help by then. Like, oh yep. my gosh. Well, Just, and, and you're in this state of such desperation too. Like, listen, I'm, I'm not a bad parent. I just want to help my kids. Stop judging me. Like just let's, let's put the damn pen down for a minute and just yeah. hear, hear me, hear what I'm saying so I can help my daughter or yeah. tell me what to do so I, I can help and really listen to what I'm saying. Please, please listen to my daughter. Please help my daughter. You mm-hmm. do go into this state of like just yearning, yearning for that help, you know, and being so desperate and when you do have the right support, you know, and your therapist is able to, um, to see you, to see the Mm -hmm. family, not judging you, not trying to pinpoint, you know, that you guys are the issue, just really understanding. Listen, I just, I got, all I got to do right now is arm you with tools, help you sit in the discomfort, help you recognize, help you identify Mm -hmm. triggers. You know, we're going to do this together. You know, you're going to love me and hate me sometimes at the same time, sometimes at different times. And yeah, I'm, I'm in it with you. I'm in mean it with yeah. you. Right? Oh man, that's so good. Like, and I walk with you through this. I, yeah. And I do talk about in the book because I mean, every, everywhere, you know, you raise a really good point where you live, the system is a little bit different than where I live. And for that reason, you know, I've, I've tried to articulate in the book things to look for. Yeah. No matter where you are, things yes. to look for and questions to ask and ask yourself and to ask, ask your proposed, um, professional mm-hmm. shop, Absolutely. be a responsible yes. consumer. Not all therapists or therapies are created equal no. and, and listen, like do your fact checking and listen to your gut. Like, how does this feel for you? Mm-hmm. Do I trust um, them? Yeah. I remember sitting in my daughter's psychiatrist's office. She's a lovely lady. Um, nice lady. Like she, she really did help us out. But I do remember the day that she was diagnosing Allie with borderline personality disorder and she opened up the DSM and she sort of slid it across the table and asked Allie to read these nine criteria. And mm-hmm. Did she identify with anything? And, and, I, and I couldn't see, I was trying to see, you know, like what, what is she looking at over there? And yeah. I couldn't see it. And Allie said, oh yeah, yeah, that's me for sure. And she's like, okay, you've got borderline personality. And I, and I, I was overwhelmed. I just, I started to cry and I just sat there and cried. I sat there and cried and I felt invisible. Yeah. Sobbing in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does this mean? What does what this mean? New, what is this? Now we've got a new diagnosis and a new problem. Like really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ugh. And that's a, that's a, it's a heavy diagnosis too. It can be. I've learned a lot right? about it, you know, and it, yeah, it can be very, you know what? But a beautiful diagnosis too. I mean, well, yeah, absolutely. Our artists, our artists, and our poets are borderline. Yeah, these are yeah. feeling people. These are yes, these are expressive people. Yes. These are. But all yeah. of that has to be explained because when you look, and what I mean by heavy, it's you're looking the 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 criteria, oh, the the <laughs> criteria it. you're looking at. You're like, wait, as a parent, you're like, okay, wait a minute, what? Yeah, yeah it, it fits, but like, can somebody please sit with me and so I can process what this, what all of this is, you know, and I can make adjustments and understanding, maybe even ask some questions. Sure. And when you don't have and, that, when you don't have that, yeah, it's, it, it can be overwhelming. 
And when you run into an untreated person yes. who's been diagnosed with borderline, it's a nightmare. And so, 100%. so that's where, yeah, that's a heavy diagnosis. That's, yeah. there are some biases and some prejudices and some yeah. scary stuff goes on with that diagnosis. Not with my own kids. My own kids uh, have done a lot of work and they're so lovely. Yeah, they are. Your daughter's amazing. She is. I think also knowing that going back to with the therapist, you can't treat borderline personality disorder with just everyday therapy. It <laughs> requires dialectical behavioral therapy. Yes, it requires yes. cognitive behavioral therapy and mm -hmm. really having a therapist that um, is familiar with that diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, back at shooting at nothing, you know? Maureen, yeah, it's a, there's a ahead. lot. No, there's a lot going on with borderline. But anyways, I, you know, I've got a soft spot for, yeah, for, for BPD for sure. Absolutely. So the, um, when I did work at, um, the partial hospitalization program, mm -hmm. um, I ran groups and so that was my group. Ah, um, nice. I have a high level of respect for those that have been diagnosed with borderline yeah. personality disorder. Um, so yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, very, very creative, very much misunderstood. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Maureen, thank you so much for being on. This has been amazing. Amazing. Thank um, you. Thank you. Where can we much. find you? Well, I, uh, I'm, my website is maureentowns.com and you can find pretty much everything there. My links to social media are there. My links to buying the book are there. And the book really is, it, it is a combination of a, a memoir. Like it's a bit about, I use my stories as the backdrop, but really there is some, it's meant to be helpful. There are some reflective yeah. questions and tips and points in there for, for people who are experiencing some adversity. Um, and I'll do a free consult with anyone. Like anyone can reach out. You can book that through the webpage as well. Um, okay. I'm happy yeah. to chat with anybody, man. And if I'm not able to help you, I can usually uh, put you on the road to, to finding some effective treatment and thank you too, for mm. what you're doing. I I'm so grateful, honestly, that you're out there advocating for mothers, yeah. you know, and women to, you know, you, you know, we're trying to have it all. Yeah. Yeah, we are. And the expectations are high and the yeah. pressures are high, you know, and it's complicated, man. Like it's a tough, a tough job like and we yeah but very doable and lovely and I, I really appreciate what you do too in terms of how are you doing with the parents thank you for that because my my heart is with those who are trying to support people with mental health and addictions and and uh there's a gap there for a lot of us you know in yeah. terms of meeting our needs and supporting the people who support so thank you for the for that work Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been amazing. I feel like I can stay on here for like ever because it just, yeah. just all the information you guys, I, I can't stress it enough. Get her book. She does. She covers over, um, the six steps to recognizing codependency and parenting, which is very, very important. We all need to know that. Mm -hmm. Um, she does give a whole lot of useful, resourceful information and your story, your story is so relatable so relatable okay. and can open the eyes of parents, especially if, you know, right now you're finding that your teens are struggling. Get this book, get this book because you will find not only understanding, but you also can gain so much clarity and insight as to what's going on and how to help your team, how to help your family. So Maureen, thank you again. Thank you so much, Veronica. Absolutely. Take care. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends.
Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Ball Mom Podcast, Beta Male Revolution, or Imperfect Thriving, go to practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host, practice of the practice, or the guests are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addictive Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictivemind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire-Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. 
We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addictive Mind podcast has been about creating hope listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences, yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. My name is Jillian Teets, and I am the host of the Sober Powered Podcast, where I use my biochemistry background to explain the latest research in addiction and help you understand both why you drink the way you do and how to develop the skills and mindset you need to find freedom from alcohol. I discuss topics like why we think about our drinking drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.